What's up, Bantermites? Uh, we got a special BMC for you guys today, and it's one we've talked about a lot on the show. It's called Your Name, um, and it's anime. So, you know, if you're if you're here and you're hearing anime, uh, you're freaking out. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, this is this is a fun one. So just hang with us. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'd highly, highly encourage you to go do that before listening to this spoiler-packed BMC. So that is your warning. Uh, I I hope you do go watch it and come back. And lastly, before we get started, I do want to say uh, please bear with us through the first two and a half minutes of audio after the intro. I forgot to switch my mic uh, out of my computer mic and so you can clearly tell it doesn't sound great but we do get it fixed and it, it's fine for the rest of the episode but yeah with no further ado i'm gonna throw you into this intro that i made um because i love the music for this movie so much i wanted to incorporate the music for the movie into this intro so as i say in every other bmc intro banter movie club proudly presents your name. From director Makoto Shinkai, the innovative mind behind 5 centimeters per second in Children Who Chase Lost Voices, comes a beautiful masterpiece about time, the threat of fate, and the hearts of two young souls. The day the stars fell, two lives changed forever. I found your voices speak and Reach the very edge of this world and the time instead of fading into air and dust. Then what will the words could ever be? Farthest words from probably. Let's make a promise that will never fade. Let's see it together and count it three. schoolers Mitsuha and Taki are complete strangers living separate lives, but one night, they suddenly switch places. Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body, and he in hers. This bizarre occurrence continues to happen randomly, and the two must adjust their lives around each other. Yet somehow, it works. They build a connection and communicate by leaving notes, messages, and more importantly, an imprint. When a dazzling comet lights up the night sky, something shifts, and they seek each other out, wanting something more. A chance to finally meet. But try as they might, something more daunting than distance prevents them. Is the string of fate between Mitsuha and Taki strong enough to bring them together? Or will forces outside their control leave them forever separated? I'm on my way to you to sing after your name. All right, welcome back. We are here with BMC number 12. It's been a while since we did Soul West. Uh, I don't know, it all mushes together. And now we're now we're doing anime on, on this podcast. I mean, Perry, I've been doing anime for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't we haven't done it together on a, on a, in podcast form before. I guess not. So this is exciting. Because, um, because Avatar The Last Airbender is not anime. Let the world know. That's true. It is not anime. It is 100% made in America. Mm-hmm. So, 
without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest for today. And um, she's been on the podcast. This is now her third time. And wow. she's kind of becoming our resident anime expert or consultant for the pod. And it's Kelly from Fanimated Podcast. How are you doing, Kelly? I am doing well. I am honored to be the anime consultant for Banter. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wes's first watch, and this is not it your was. first watch, is it, Kelly? Oh, no. I've watched this a dozen times, I'm sure. <laughs> I've lost count. <laughs> I saw it twice in theaters. I, it wow. was so good. Really? I had to go back. Yeah. No, I mean, we could talk about that more, but basically... At the time, it was, you know, advertised as this fun rom-com, so I went to go see it, and then I realized what I'd gotten myself into <laughs> and had to go see it again. Kelly, were you, how, how into anime were you before this came out? Um, I was... A pretty casual fan. Okay. Um, I had I was still like watching a fair amount of anime, but not as much um, as I do now. Um, but I, I had still seen quite a bit. So. <laughs> okay. Do you feel like this was like a catalyst for you to watch more? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it was definitely like it was the first anime movie I saw like in theaters, mm -hmm. and you know one of the first times I was watching something that was a recent release, like. Before I was just like catching up on old, sure. older stuff like Full Metal and stuff like that, um, and this was kind of my first uh, foray into like newer things. And then of course it was, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and so of course just delved even deeper into my anime obsession. So, uh, Kelly, do you want to um, maybe explain to our audience? about your podcast and if they want to find even more anime content because we this is our first thing anime that we've ever done and if we've got some anime fans out there uh they'll find a lot more anime related content on your podcast absolutely so if you don't know i'm the host of fanimated an animation fan podcast where we get a chance to geek out about our favorite animated media and for us um that encompasses you know Disney and cartoons, um, anime, of course, and video games, basically anything that's animated and anything that we love, we're going to talk about it. So um, we have full length episodes on Your Name, where we go in depth about the animation and the director and his works um, and how this kind of fits into his repertoire. Um, and we talk about, uh, we've talked about Weathering With You as well, which is another Makoto Shinkai. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about a very wide range of topics so if you like anything animated i'm sure you'll find something there that you are also a big fan of perfect i i think honestly which this is kind of funny I, i'm not positive if this is true but i think i might have found your show on a how to train your dragon episode awesome yes like, I, I don't think it was like right after you released it i think i was maybe just like in a How to Train Your Dragon mood mm -hmm. and found found that episode and remember you being like this is my favorite movie of all time and I was like whoa I just found that as the first thing <laughs> her favorite movie yes. of all time so um but you also just recently did a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episode that was nearly three hours long 
Yeah. And uh, Wes and I both listened to that, and and now are both rewatching Full Metal Alchemist. So yes, yep. that is my one true calling is like to get people to watch and rewatch their favorite shows. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, uh, How to Train Your Dragon is always going to remain my favorite, just like nostalgic purposes. Um, but but yeah, so I'm glad that you know you found that and. Um, yeah, I mean, because we're all all over the place with all our, you know, favorite favorite media. So, um, yeah, and Film Metal is still my favorite anime series of all time. So, it's fun to go back and talk about it. We honestly probably could have talked about it for another like three hours, but <laughs> we had to get it off somewhere. That's ins- that's insane. Yeah, if you haven't uh, watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, that's that's a maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be the next. You. If we it, when next time we come back to anime, maybe it's that. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's get into the movie of the day, which is your name. Um, and I'm, I'll give a little background on the film for those who have never heard of it before. And actually, if you've never heard of it, of it before, you know, maybe you sh- should go watch it first because we will be spoiling it. Um, very briefly here <laughs> on the yeah. show. But yeah, it's written and directed by Makoto Shinkai and is his fifth feature film. Although, I don't know if you guys agree with this. Uh, I know, Kelly, you've probably seen this. The Garden of Words. I don't know if I'd count that as a feature film. It's like 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty short. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a feature-length film, but it definitely has a place like in his continuing uh, you know, romance epics. Yep. So, yep. um, maybe, but maybe not a feature length film. Yep. No. And it definitely, you know, it fits in the theme with his love of rain and, uh, oh, yes. awkward, <laughs> um, relationships and yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so he actually came up with the idea for your name after he visited what was left of the city of Natori, Japan. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Following the 2011 Great East Japan earthquake, which kind of left him thinking, you know, this could have easily been my town and tried to put himself in the shoes of some of the people. Um, the film actually went through three working titles before they landed on your name. The earlier tr- titles, uh, after translated into English, of course, translated to If I Knew It Was a Dream. And then the second one was Your Connection. The third working title was You Are Half of This World. And then they finally landed on Your Name, which all of those four just feel very different to me. Yeah, they do. I didn't even, I didn't know that. That's crazy. They all just say different things, but they I'm really glad do. they stuck with your name. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad too, because it doesn't give away any, any of the sci-fi or whatever that's to come. The suspense, like, I, I think that, I think that was the right choice going with your name. And he also cited many different novels and short stories as inspiration. But I think most interestingly, he talks about, uh, Shinkai talks about Christopher Nolan's Interstellar as inspiration for the idea of time two timelines getting tangled to the degree that the two can interact with each other um on years apart in their own different timelines um wes and i actually just talked about interstellar among other christopher nolan movies uh, a few months ago so feels like yesterday but i think it was like september no way I, I think so. I think it was like September that we did that. Man, what is happening to us? <laughs> <laughs> Time just flies when you're having fun and COVID and stuff. Or or we have dementia. One of the two. <laughs> um, also, the city of Itzamori, while being a fictional city, 
uh, is was inspired by some locations such as the city of Hida, Japan, and and its city library was kind of I think they modeled like the high school mm. after it, and then also the staircase where they meet mm-hmm. at the end, yeah, is in Shin, Shin, Shinjuku. Shin, no, Shinjuku. There we go, and also the bridge where. Taki first tries to call Mitsuha is called Shinano Machi Station Pedestrian Bridge. So, real real inspired places, pretty cool. Neat. I mean, they might not be the exact places, but I looked at pictures of them and they look pretty darn exact. So, uh, of course, Radwimps, uh, Japanese band, does the amazing score and soundtrack. There's four original songs that they do, both in Japanese, and they also do the English version mm-hmm. as well, which is, I think adds a ton of authenticity. Uh, yeah, really cool. Especially for English viewers who are maybe a little timid to watch it in Japanese and prefer the English. That adds a whole new level of enjoyment, I think, for me. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is some of the critical reception um, the film overtook Spirited Away as the highest grossing film in Japan, but I'm pretty sure it has then been passed. Is this correct, Kelly? Demon Slayer has passed it? Yes. Demon Slayer is currently ranking the number one um, box office hit in Japan ever um, and nuts. has officially uh, beat out Spirited Away as worldwide anime film for box office as well so wow we're seeing history in the making in, in a <laughs> pandemic no less i guess maybe it's not right now they're not probably still feeling like or maybe they're going to movies more in japan right now i assume i think part of of the reason that is um like going on a demon slayer track for a second is because of the pandemic because there are less international films coming into japan mm-hmm. and so here is demon slayer um, and their box offices are open, their theaters are open more and have a little less restriction. So it was kind of perfect timing, honestly. Mm. And so everyone went to go see it because that's what's there and that's um, what's available. So, True. Um, but still really cool. So, Yeah, interestingly, uh, when Your Name came out, it actually doubled the success of Star Wars The Force Awakens in 2016, which it currently has a yeah. 98% critic score and a 94% audience score. On Rotten Tomatoes with an 8.4 on IMDb, uh, so very, very much uh, critically acclaimed film. It even drew praise from Disney's Ron Clements and John Musker for quote uh, it, its beauty and uniqueness. However, according to Shinkai, there are a lot of things that he really wanted to do with the film, but ran out of money and time. Um, he said that they pretty much landed on the plot they wanted but in his in his mind the animation of the film is incomplete or incomplete ba- unbalanced and that 2 years of production time was just not enough so all that being said i i can't necessarily say that i agree with him i don't either <laughs> Um, I, I think that's a case of an artist is more critical of their own work than anyone else <laughs> yeah true um true yeah. So, Wes, let's talk about the plot of the film a little bit and hear a summary of your name in Wes's words. We don't care about spoilers, right? We don't care at all about spoilers. Incredible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me paint a picture for you. Or maybe draw is a better word because <laughs> the boy who is named after a spicy Mexican chip is and once is an aspiring architect who likes to draw. Um, basically... 
what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch Freaky Friday, except it's not Lindsay Lohan, and they're in love. <laughs> and Great. and instead of a Chinese fortune cookie and earthquake gone bad, it is a comet that has pastel colors that then decided to blow up a town. Um, but the thing is, is you don't know that for a <laughs> while. Our movie starts with the switch has happened already uh-huh. between a boy and a girl, um, <clears throat> Taki and Mitsuha. Taki, and every time they said it, every time they said it, all I could think of was, you're a chip, you're a chip, you're a chip. Dang it, Wes, I never <laughs> thought of it, and now I'm going to every time. <laughs> now you've ruined it for everyone listening. <laughs> all I could it's think just of. A chip. Um, uh. Oh, man. Um, innocent rural girl meets. Um, awkward city boy. Except for they, they don't meet. Except they don't meet because they meet each other by being each other. <laughs> yeah, true. And 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 she 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 dates someone as him, which is very interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and he and he is one way to put it. Yeah. And he starts fights as her, and. Then, after a while, they realize that they're in love-ish. Ish, they realize. They don't really realize. They just, they definitely think it, but they don't know. Yeah. Because they're young. It's like, it's like more powerful than that, but, but yes. Yes, yes. And then, all of a sudden, the switches just stop, and the homie is just saying, where's she at, though? And then all of a sudden, like a disappearing Houdini act, the memos in his phone just start to disappear. And then he goes on a rampage looking for this girl, except he doesn't know her name and all he knows what the city looks like. And so him and this, his kind of ex, who is kind of her kind of ex, because he really didn't do anything. <laughs> and his BFF, who probably just thinks he's crazy and is trying to support his friend, they go on a road trip. Except in Japan, it's a train trip. And... They find this town inevitably, and then all of a sudden we go into some serious spirit world meteorite comet things with fermented rice alcohol. <laughs> and and then and then and then we evacuate a town because it turns out she died when the meteor hit the town, which is so statistically unlikely and they even said it on the news, which is why no one did anything about it. And then he, there's a weird montage of him being her and him being him and her being him. And there's a lot of running. There's a lot of running. Also, let it be said that this boy, Taki, sweats the entire movie. He sweats the entire movie. When he is himself, when he is her, he is sweating. And the running, he was just sweating some more. (laughs) I'm glad you noticed. And then insert them both running around the top of a crater and then the weird spirit time link thing souls intertwined one might say magic hour soulmates magic hour yes or in america as casey musgraves would call it golden hour Mm. and then all of a sudden he he's ish he kind of saves the day i think i feel like he does i feel like he saves the day and but the kicker is is that they never remember each other's name. 
and they try to write it down, and then something happens mm. to where they don't get to writing it down. And so we, we get a we get a nice little fast forward, and he obviously so desperately wants to meet this girl because he realizes he loved her all along, and then they pass each other a couple times, and he's like, what was that? And then eventually they find each other, and I'm assuming that they live happily ever after. Hmm. Well, well, maybe we'll have to talk about that. Nope. So that is that is your <laughs> name in Wes's words. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Very well done. Yep. <laughs> it's a lot to. Uh, it's a lot to break down. It's a lot of plot. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of plot, and and you didn't make it so detailed that it would take two hours. You know, Thank in you. which in which case they probably should have just watched the movie because then, you know, right. it's the same runtime. You might as well watch it with the visuals as well. But hey. You know, some people drive a lot, don't have time for that. So, Wes is your next best best option. That's right. (laughs) All right, so Kelly, do you want to break down a little bit some of these these amazing characters? Absolutely. Um, We've already mentioned Mitsuha and Chip Boy Taki (laughs) as our two main characters. Um, We'll just kind of split it up between the Itamori friends and the Tokyo friends. So... Um, in Tokyo, we have Taki, like we said, kind of a nervous, artistic, hardworking kid. Um, and, you know, he's working part-time job and just trying to live his high school life in Tokyo. And he has two best friends, Sukasa and Shinta, and they kind of pick fun of him a lot, but are good-natured. Um, and then uh, we mentioned Miss Ogudera. Um his co-worker and also the girl he kind of has a crush on and who Mitsuha kind of helps set them up together. Um, and it's Sukasa and Miss Okudera who go and help Taki try to find Itumori and find out what's going on with all of that. So, um, yeah, definitely very good friends to like go on a wild goose chase with him. <laughs> um, and then in Itumori, we have Mitsuha, um, who is just sick of the small town life. Um, her grandmother runs the shrine, so she and her younger sister, you know, help with that and do like the rituals um, and all those things and do like the braided cords, all of these things that have symbolism and timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. Um, and she has two friends, Sayaka, who's like this, like, I don't know, she's just kind of an anxious nerdy little girl who's who has is like a member of the broadcasting club so that kind of ties into when they're trying to save everybody um she's like trying to get everyone to you know evacuate to the high school and then teshi who is uh like works with his father's contracting company so he has access to explosives which is important later True. <laughs> um and um and then, like I said, Yotsuha is her is Mitsuha's little sister, who is honestly one of the best characters in the film, <laughs> and is very energetic and has a lot of uh, the comedic, um, you know, uh, additions to this <laughs> drama. <laughs> That's one way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she she helps um, fuel the the Japanese uh, tropes that are that are in this film for sure. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and so there you have it. Um, those are all our, our main characters. There's also Mitsuha's grandmother who, you know, is very interestingly kind of sees through all of this weird supernatural slash spiritual happenings and kind of helps them, guides them, but also like uh, doesn't really help <laughs> at all. Like, um, 
and but who's very sweet and kind of it tells them all about the like time inter interwoven things um so yeah those are all of our our main players perfect every time i hear about or like she gets the text from sukasa first thing that comes to my mind is mikasa sukasa <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe that's my version of my Takis, Wes. That, yeah, that, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, there are, <clears throat> there are basically two groups of friends, like she says, and, uh, but, but this, make no mistake, the movie is, is Taki and Mitsuha. They're, they are the two that are swapping bodies and, this is this is their world and everybody else just uh is living in it so yes <laughs> good way to put it <laughs> let's look at the animation for a second pretty incredible you might be able to help me more with this kelly but i've been trying to figure out there's definitely some cgi elements to it and yes from the best of my knowledge it looks like the very base layers of backgrounds are cgi and then they kind of build up everything on top of it because it's not everything in the background there's some there's some hand-drawn uh stuff mm -hmm. in the background like the trees and and like leaves and stuff um but there's definitely some cgi elements so i don't know if you picked up on that a little more yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the staples of a Makoto Shinkai film is his great use of CG. Um, he uses a lot of 3D animation and experimentation with it and just utilizes it really well. Um, so yeah, he's, and again, he seems to be a bit of a perfectionist from that uh, you know comment of mm -hmm. he's not satisfied with the animation when in reality, it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's building that, the 3D models and then basically painting over it with 2D. So there's definitely a lot of CG elements and um, just a lot of detail, just incredible detail. When I when I compare it to Weathering With You, which Wes actually mm -hmm. watched before he watched, well, we both watched it before we watched Your Name. We watched mm -hmm. Weathering With You in theaters in January of last year. Um, Weathering With You has more... CG aspects it feels like it's a similar style but like you can tell that everything just about everything in the background is CG with mostly just the interactive like the moving elements of the foreground being 2D and so I think that led to like some huge CG pans of the city in that movie mm -hmm. where this is a lot more subtle I would agree yeah. But it led to some of the most beautiful hand-drawn nature scenes I think I've ever seen. Um, the panning across the, the woven cords scene mm -hmm. with the light like hitting it just that way. Or like even just like the opening of the sliding doors frequently. Like there's a lot yes. of um, eye candy animation in here for, for you uh, animation nerds. Um, Absolutely. Even just whenever you see the the comet, yeah, it, it's always just beautiful, gorgeous. It's falling through the clouds, and it, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, Definitely. Wes, you're a lighting guy. You've talked about lighting on the show before. It's so wow. I guess I am a lighting guy. <laughs> <laughs> the lighting in this is pretty incredible. With so many different scenes where shadows are really necessary mm -hmm. and with where just rays of sun come through clouds yeah well i mean it's almost a plot point like magic hour you yeah know i mean yeah, like the idea yeah, of like magic hour and dusk and like the sun setting like it's crucial so um i 
my favorite, like, looking part of it is when... Oh, I'm gonna just get it wrong, wherever it is, I'm not even gonna say what it is. But it's where uh, Mitsuha is with her two friends, and they're kind of, like, walking... And they're walking on a road, and, like, the sun is, like, peeking through the trees, you know? So, like, walking through, like, a patchy mm-hmm. area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She knows. She knows. Kelly knows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, I was walking through. I was like, oh, my gosh. That just feels like driving home from elementary school because I went down a road like that. And I was like, oh, it, looks, mm-hmm. it looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. Really? Yeah. Wow. Impressive. So it, it's, it's gorgeous. Man, Makoto Shinkai, if you're listening, you managed to create a scene that looks exactly the same as Washington, Indiana, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> not sure that's an accomplishment or not. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Wes, as your first mm-hmm. time viewing, sure. Um, how was the like talking about the plot a little more? Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie basically goes forty-four minutes of rom-com, um, body swap, lighthearted, silly rom-com, and then it goes about an hour of intense suspenseful a little bit of sci-fi drama mm-hmm. uh i want to know what were you thinking during the first section first 20 minutes 40 minutes whatever it was what were some of your thoughts going through your head well perry i don't really remember how much we'd ever talked about it beforehand but i mean after like three minutes i was like oh they're switching places oh this is freaky friday okay <laughs> <laughs> um and, and like all, the first scenes where they switch places are like the most awkward. I showed it to a group yeah. of like 15 people that all had like not really watched. There was a couple of people that I watched some anime before. Mm-hmm. I think one person, one other person had watched some Ghibli. One other person had watched Full Metal Alchemist. So a little bit of anime in the room. But I, I told them ahead of time. I'm like, guys, early on in the movie, there's going to be some, some scenes that'll make you cringe a little bit. There's some just kind of anime tropes. You just got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So gotta warn them a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, but like honestly, the first little bit where you know we call it rom com, I was kind of thinking they might not fall in love, especially with the whole setting up the boy on a date thing. I was like, maybe mm-hmm. not. And uh, oh, what's what's her her male friend's name? I'm gonna get Teshi. 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 He oh he has a crush, and so I was thinking maybe maybe they're gonna go their separate ways but be friends i don't really know and then that didn't happen Mm. so (laughs) yeah and then he ends up with the the other friend (laughs) yeah yeah yep just kind of i mean probably it's bound to happen um yeah that's how those things work right that's that's how these things work (laughs) what two of them pair off the other one has to find someone for themselves (laughs) (laughs) all all the trios (laughs) Yeah, I will say upon the the fourth watch, it, while I was like taking more notes, uh, I I definitely would say it starts after like after a really good intro. First of all, I love the intro. Oh yes, uh, mm-hmm. it does start pretty slow. That's the section that you got to get through. But once you got through that, like it's nothing but I don't know chills and really good writing. Mm-hmm. Like yes, it, yeah, it gets. The, the pace picks up quite a bit from that point, for sure. I the, also noticed something that I don't. There's probably more of these, but I noticed this this time. This little cue that the bow, the bow around the wrist versus the bow around the uh, Mitsuha's hair. 
Um, mm -hmm. When he's in her body, he does not put the bow in her hair. Uh, and when she's in her body, she does put the bow in her hair always. I, I wasn't positive on the his bow. I'm going to assume every time that he's or that she's in his body he doesn't have the bow around his wrist interesting but i didn't I catch it. i didn't catch it in every scene that. but that would make I sense have, i haven't looked for that yeah it would definitely make sense you should just another excuse to go rewatch yeah, it know, right? <laughs> double <But> like, check <laughs> which leads to a follow-up question of like if that was like if that was not the case wouldn't someone have noticed the like if she was in his body and he was wearing and he was wearing the bow like she definitely would have noticed 100% which would have led to a some kind of plot hole I guess I don't know hmm. right because then she'd be like what is it this is the you know this is my bow this is my that, cord that yeah make sense yeah huh that is an excellent hmm. question yeah and and all of that happening before she actually gave the cord to him in the timeline. So, you know, there is some kind of tricky things when it comes to these kind of plots. Even like just the very basic notion of did she never look at the date? Like, that's true. <laughs> did either of them never the look year. at what the year was? Um, yeah. But, you know, it makes for a more uh, a bigger shock value. Uh -huh. <laughs> Later for us for sure. as the audience, I suppose. Speaking of shock value, Wes, mm -hmm. first time viewing, did you pick up on the big twist beforehand? And if I mean, what was what was your reaction finding out? A, these two are on two different timelines, three years apart, and B, Mitsuha was killed three years ago by a comet. So. What I originally thought was going to happen was the comet brought some wonky spirit energy mm. and that ended things. That's what I had originally mm. thought it was. And then when they're like, that city blew up, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. that was my that was my exposure. So no, I didn't I didn't pick it out that she that she died and it was a different timeline. Nope, I missed. Okay, would have gotten that wrong on the test. <laughs> I was I remember just being first first time watching. I was so drawn in at that point, point. Uh, and then when when I'm like, wait, no, she's dead. What? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? How does that happen? Um. It's definitely rare, and Wes can attest to this as someone who's seen me watch a lot of movies over the years, that it's it's rare for me to actually get that kind of emotional connection to characters in a movie. I've watched enough movies where a lot of times it's like, okay, I can still, you know, I still know that I'm just watching movie characters. But something about this, like, I had connection to the two characters. I think also something about, like, the innocence of a movie like this is so much more likable and and easy to root for than a lot of american chick flicks um mm -hmm. but yeah i just was drawn in and the shock value was real for me on a couple different occasions uh one being when like one being this moment when he finds out okay itamori's been destroyed and she's dead and then another 
and then everything that followed that, and then another being when she opens her hand. Yes. And you find yes. out he did not write her name in, on her hand like we thought he did, and he wrote, I love you. Oh, that hit me hard. <laughs> that hit me hard. Yeah. So well done. And, and even before that, when they're like, right before that, when they're in magic hour, and he's like, let's write mm -hmm. our names so we don't forget each other, and then the pen drops, and the music such a good stops. Moment. And it's silent. Just cuts out. Woo! It's so well done. <laughs> so well. It was shock. It was the music is going and it's 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 emotional music and it's like, yay, they're like meeting finally. And then the music stops and the pen drops and that's all you hear and it's shock. It's like what how will they ever uh, remember it, each other? It's oh man. Yes. It's devastating. <laughs> Absolutely devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh follow up possible uh, plot whole question because we do have to pick you know this is a, a podcast like we are we do have to pick apart where we can mm -hmm. why do the memos only disappear after he finds out Itamori was destroyed and then he pulls up his phone and then you literally see all the all of her memos as she's writing mm -hmm. um she basically, you know, as they're living each other's lives, they write memos about like, you know, this is what I did just so you know. And like, so it's not as weird, like trying to keep their lives in order. And when he finds out Itamori was destroyed, he then looks at his phone and he literally, see, you literally see all the memos disappearing. I'm, I'm curious if you have any theories on that. Well, besides as of... As it just being a, a plot device use and a an addition to the tension um, from a writing perspective, um, maybe it's like, you know, part of the supernatural magic that's happening is like kind of in his subconscious too. And so when he makes a realization that she, um, you know, isn't here or something is wrong, then maybe that triggers huh. it all to go away, possibly. Uh, maybe what was keeping the memos there was his memory of her, and then he was like, oh, she's gone. Hmm. Possible? That's possible. possible. That's possible. Yeah, I, I don't... I, at first, I was like, oh, maybe it's because, like, this time now, three years ago, this like, at this point, three years ago now is when she died. So then the... Mm -hmm. that's, but but I don't think... I don't think he was there, like, to the day. No. I don't think that had to do with so. it. So I don't know. That's that's a little plot hole. There's really there's really not much I could pick apart. It's very tightly written. It's so tightly <laughs> written. Let's talk about the acid trip scene as right about like right before they're about to meet, basically. Uh, so this is right before the climax of the movie, basically, and Taki is in. Wait. Is Taki in his own body? Yes, he is. Okay, Taki's in his own body, and he's trying to figure out, like, okay, this girl that I, like, sort of remember, like, this, like, switching bodies that I remember, like, parts of, is it real? Was it a dream? Is this girl, like, actually dead? Um, he decides to go visit the shrine, um, the Miyamizu shrine that he went to while he was in her body, and he goes in there hoping that he can, like, reconnect with her, the, the timelines, Mm -hmm. Um, and he drinks the, uh, how did you, how did you word it, Wes, rice, fermented rice alcohol? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Sake, so, I believe is what it's called. Right. He drinks her yeah. sake. So, I mean, maybe indir- indirect three-year delayed kiss or exchange <laughs> of saliva. Ew. No. Ew. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Strike that. Throw that out. Um, he drinks the sake and then kind of slips. Not sure if he hits his head. That was, I mean, it didn't look like he hit his head, but then he kind of he falls into this really beautifully animated, um, mm-hmm. completely hand-drawn uh, s- segment of learning all about Mitsuha's life. Uh, and there's a great piece of score that goes along with it. What did you guys think of that section? It's totally... A step away from what's going on with the movie just to like give you more information uh, how did that play for you guys I'll say like it, it watching it in theaters I was just like this is so beautiful <laughs> like everything that's happening and um, it was just kind of like this really nice like moment in the middle of this very very detailed realism you know artistic format to be like much more expressive and like you know it really tying into the themes of like everything's connected and interwoven and like so you see the comet falling and then it turns into you know water and then there's the tail of the comet turns into like an umbilical cord like everything is just like part of everything else um and so i think it's just yeah i was just like awestruck by how beautiful it was and just how different it is from the rest of the film yeah well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, anime is an anime without some quirky, mystical thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's superpowers and MHA, uh, science-y superpowers and Fullmetal Alchemist, or like Weathering with You, where a girl can control the rain. Like, what about, what about Haikyuu? <laughs> they're just volleyball players. I guess you're right. They are just volleyball players. But they, but they yell a lot. So but they still have, you know, determination but, and the power of friendship. But like what I what I liked about like the movie as a whole and like you know kind of what you're talking about is I believe it's Shintoism, right? That's what they're. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is confirmed. I had to look that up. I I thought that's what the <laughs> gates were. Yeah. Yep. And you know that is something that we learn about in like high school. Like, very briefly, when they teach us the religions of the world. And I've never seen... Like, they take, like, a a, like a, like a like a real religion that exists, and they put it in the movie and make it a relevant plot point. And I'm like, wait, that's so neat. Cause, yeah. yeah. And, and another thing, this, is a, this might be, like, a tangent, but I don't care. I feel like in popular media, all we ever see of Japan is Tokyo and or another big city and the city life and the compact life, right? And we just mm-hmm. live assuming that everyone in Japan lives in these compact areas. But, and several animes do this, but this one I thought did it really well. They show us, like, a small rural town, and it just makes so much more sense that a small rural area would be more connected to, like, the spirituality of, like, this, this religion, right? Mm-hmm. And like Kelly said, it was beautiful, and I was like, they just connected two separate worlds that we see, like, in real-life Japan, and they connected them, and they made it work, and they used, like, this religion and, like, its basis and, like, the spirituality of it to pull out the quote-unquote anime quirk, right? And, oh, I just love that. 
love that whole everything about it. <laughs> yeah, it. I think it's a fantastic um, little step away that you get. Well, I mean, I'm an I'm an animation nerd, so I love just looking at the stunning animation paired with the score during that sequence. You know, I don't know exactly how important it was, all of the information they give you. Like, it's important, I think, to learn a little bit about the history of, like, her parents and the religion that, like, her grandmother, it, like, holds so sacredly to their family and that they are mm -hmm. kind of tasked with maintaining this shrine. I think, plot-wise, the movie probably would have still played well without it, but I'm super glad that it was included. It really does allow you to kind of take a breath from the plot and just be like, oh, yeah. this is really cool. Mm. Yeah. And just learn a little bit about Mitsuha a little more. Mm -hmm. uh, and then gives you like three seconds after it ends to be like, whoa. <sighs> and then it jumps in and uh, right into magic hour and their meeting and the climb emotional climax of the film. And like we said, that moment of, Complete shock when the pen falls and she's gone and oh, yes. uh, yeah. heart wrenching. Uh, during that that exchange, the only time that they meet in person until the very very end of the film, uh, there is the worst line of the film in my opinion. <laughs> the worst line, um, said by Mitsuha, and it's after she asks about her hair, and she's. Like, it was about her haircut, and Taki says, like, oh, it's okay, you know, or, or I like it, or something like that. And she says, you're lying. And he says, you got me. And she and she goes, why you gotta be like that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was Wait, so weird. <laughs> Odd um, translation. Yeah, for sure. I, th I, saw, I was like, I was like, this has got to be a translation thing because she, the way she says it, is like real <laughs> sassy, like in a way that she hadn't. She's like, why you gotta be like that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like the, they're trying to add like different dialect, like because she has a different dialect. Japanese dialect than he does mm. um, because she lives in the country and so I feel like sometimes they add some like y'alls and like huh. things like that to make it seem like she's um, you know in a different Interesting. location. Interesting. I did notice that one of the like rules that she gives him is in, in addition to like no looking no touching is no dialect. Yep. So and I guess that could be what that like having to do with that i guess um but it doesn't read well with how they translated right, it for sure correct. <laughs> it's like yeah so that that was just something i picked up on the when i watched the sound i was like that's a bad line but then after that that's where i like it's just chills for the next mm -hmm. you know everything after that when mm -hmm. she's running trying to get everything like fixed and go see her father and convince him to get people to evacuate the music the song sparkle is playing and it's chills she Best. trips falls she's like someone i have to remember someone precious someone i shouldn't forget she opens her hand and instead of like and she hears in her head like oh, well let's write her name on our hand so we don't forget she opens her hand and it just says i love you and it's like ah, melting and it's so frustrating because they're forgetting each other and you just want to like yep. shake 
them and be like, come mm. on. And then every single tease near the end where they're like just slightly passing each other. And then you're just like, come on, uh-huh. it's torture. Yep. 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 Just turn around. <laughs> yeah and it is kind of the biggest question for most people watching this film is like why do they forget um well a i think the biggest thing is like a even this whole time like they've been sort of forgetting things and that's why the notes um they just like after the the switch they gradually forget things but b when taki gives her back her cord during magic hour that's actually what severs the connection and so pretty much right after that they are both losing like any remembering of what it was that happened why they're doing the things they're doing um why they feel this emptiness this searching feeling um Mm -hmm. and so it's what eight years later 12 years later after that incident eight years later for mitsuha it's five years later later for taki okay then they are in they're in like 2022 uh, and they do finally turn around and say do i know you from somewhere question for you both what happens next after they're both like i like after they ask for each other's names and assuming they give each other their names does it all flood back in what do you guys think i i don't think they get their memories back of this time that they switch okay I kind of see it as like um, they just kind of fall in love all over again, and it, you know they they were destined to be together, you know, um, and all is well. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of that, like, oh, you were from Itamori. I had this obsession with it. Weird, but you know, interesting. Um, and I, I I can't exactly like give you like <laughs> you know reasons why I think that, but maybe it's just like I don't know. It feels more poetic that way. Sure, maybe. sure, <laughs> yeah. You know, Perry, as a fan, as a fan of The Bachelor, oh. the one thing that they always talk about is they're like, we just have such a good connection. Our connection is so strong. <laughs> the connection. Like, you could make it a drinking game every time they say connection. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that's People what they have. People are going to do that now, Wes. I hope so. I'm thinking that's what they have. Like, you know, as they now, you know, they've met each other and like, I think they I think they know. They know that they know each other. Wes, don't you know ever I mean? compare these two to couples on The Bachelor. No, 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 no. I'm, Perry, I'm just comparing, <laughs> yeah. I'm comparing the language, okay? Okay. And so I think they know that they have a connection. They just don't really know what it is. But I'm thinking as a couple, they just hit the ground running. <laughs> I think that's two weeks in a row we've had a Bachelor reference. Dang. Wes has been grinding. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say what makes the most sense, Kelly, is what you said. But also, there's something with the names, like, that they make it clear that remembering the name is so important. Like, mm, interesting like, theory, yes. Like, if they, they both seem to think that remembering the name is, like, super important for them to just remember everything. Theoretically, though, when she opens her hand, she's like, even if I remembered your name, it wouldn't have mattered, right? That's what she says. She does say that. I don't know. I'd like to think that, that, it all rushes back in after they say. <laughs> That's what I'd like to think. I think you. I think your your explanation does make the most sense. But that's the great thing is like, well, it can be whatever yep. your head cannon is, your personal head cannon, because yep. we we d- never get told what happens. That is so. that is a super fun thing about this movie is they give you the the space mm-hmm. to 
choose their own ending. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe they are just like, well, cool name. Bye. <laughs> oh no! And then they don't end up together at all. Oh, that's and, the worst. And then it ends again with him saying, "I've always been searching for something," <laughs> and it's like, "But you, <laughs> you found her." Um, no. Hopefully, it's not that. But all right. Uh, yeah. Well, we have now talked for almost a full-length episode length uh, <laughs> about this movie. I kind of figured this would happen. It's the type of movie that we wanted to really talk about all the different aspects mm -hmm. of it and i feel like we did definitely there's there's so many good things to say you know yeah um and even just like re-emphasizing we kind of mentioned it a couple times but the music oh makes it so good uh, even more amazing than it like yep. it's a great mm -hmm. film and then it's a fantastic film with the music and the score so if anything just go listen to the soundtrack <laughs> yeah i would say that if there's three soundtracks that i listen to more than any other movies uh, it would be Pirates of the Caribbean, How to Train Your Dragon, and Your Name. Mm. So, yep. those three. That's it. It's all you need in life. If, truly, truly. Yeah, those movies, all fantastic as well. So, movie scores of movies that I actually hated. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wes, podcast idea. Movies we hated, but the soundtrack's good. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah, you guys should definitely do that. I don't know if I've hated enough movies that I've... Well, we'll see. I don't know. Does Hail right. Caesar have a soundtrack? <laughs> I'm sure it does. Well, I'm sure it's probably <laughs> just go down the list of movies you don't like and see if they have. It's, it's that one, Kelly. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Wes doesn't hate a lot of movies. That's the one. But I really hate that one. <laughs> yep, and Hancock. Oh yeah, that was not good. We don't we don't love that one either. Uh, speaking of Hancock, we rated that one on the Hot Rod scale of rating movies, which is probably just about the last thing we've got to do for your name. Mm -hmm. And I think we we should start with Kelly as our guest. The Hot Rod scale of rating movies goes as follows. It's a little refresher. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Hot Rod, which, uh, Kelly, have you seen that movie? I have not, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a silly Andy Samberg comedy that was kind of one of our staples in college. Um, nice. And there's just a lot of quotable lines in that movie. Uh, so we made a, because we're creatives like that, a five-star scale uh, based on that movie where five out of five is a movie that is a straight-up party a four out of five is a movie that is cool beans a three out of five is a movie you can scrape the joy out of a two out of five is a uh, movie that would be considered unlegit and then a one out of five Wes what's a one out of five you're the devil <laughs> very very good <laughs> So, Kelly, on the high-rate scale of rating movies, where would you rank your name? Your name is, without a doubt, no questions asked, a straight-up party. I will agree with you. It, for me, it is a straight-up party. And even, on, I'm going to say, on my rankings of all the BMCs we've done, just for the emotional attachment factor, I would say Arrival has been my number one for this whole time. Uh, but for the way that this movie... Uh, made me feel things. Um, this is a straight up party, five out of five, and it and it's my number one uh, movie that we've done a BMC on as well. Wow. So nice. it sur surpasses Arrival. Wow. Well, just Wonderful. for just for continuity's sake, and that we can determine it as a fact. Yes, Perry, this movie is a straight up party. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave. And uh, I like to party. Pew, 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 pew. So, isn't that what happens when, like, 
what is it? What happens? It's like a theory gets proved and something. I don't know, but it's it's, it's true. Yeah. It is a fact. If it's like Mythbusters, we just go factual straight yes. up party. <laughs> it is straight yes. up a fact. If there was a level above it, it would be a six out of five. <laughs> Wes, where do you think this would fall on your list of BMC movies? Oh, man. I mean, Arrival's what? so good. It's definitely above Hancock, you know. <laughs> okay, that one's last. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I'm curious, is it above? You have Onward at three, I think, right? I mean, I don't want to just rain on your parade, but Onward made me feel more than this movie did. Okay. Interesting. All right. Okay, so the, so below Onward, but above Well, well not necessarily. Not necessarily. No? Just because Onward made me feel more doesn't mean I liked it more. Okay, but you were saying don't want to rain on your parade, so I well, thought that's what you meant. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I led you into jumping a conclusion. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it in the top three, and I would have to completely reevaluate by looking at a piece of paper. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. My and pleasure. Thanks for having me. Wes, I am so excited that you did finally watch me, this movie that I've been too. trying to get you to watch since last January. When we watched Weathering with You. So uh, that is now checked off your bucket list. I know. And, Huge and, deal. And you can move on with your life. A better person. Now. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll do. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. Go give this movie a shot. Even if you don't like anime, this is a pretty good entry level mm-hmm. piece so good. To, to get started. Uh, next week, we're going to be back with you with episode 52 uh, an mcu movie draft get pumped for that uh afterwards we'll have our um poll on the instagram stuff coming big stuff love it great it's all great everything's great and and we'll see y'all next week